the fruit of the Spirit, in case you haven't been here, the last was on patience, and uh, today we're going to talk about kindness and goodness, but uh, uh, those three fruits, they are a direct dealing to how we deal with people around us. Certainly, you've met some people in your life that you needed patience to put up with. My wife tells me that uh, God gave her me so she could learn patience. And I said, well, he knew what he was doing. That's a proven fact. And so we go on from there. But, you know, uh, we are going to have a battle in something other somewhere as long as we're on this earth. Sister Bonnie used to play, and by the way, Sister Bonnie's here this morning. She used to play the piano. And, yes, uh, for us. And when we would have an a, a anniversary or something, other, she would always play. When the battle's over, see, when the battle's over, I enjoy that uh, there's going to be a battle, uh, you know, and, and married folks are certainly going to uh, have their intense discussions, or some won't want to admit it, but I think most everybody has one or two in a lifetime at least to keep, uh, to keep us on our toes. But, but uh, well, there is a battle, and, and the Lord knew we was going to be in the battle, so I want to I want to stop right there now, and I want to read you something, another uh, that at first you'll think it has nothing to do with what I want to talk about. But over in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, Paul speaking, he said, When I was a child, I spake as a child, and I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Well, today, as we're here this morning to worship the Lord, uh, we think about different things, but in the Scripture, I want to tell you, as surely as God talked about that through Paul, talking about fleshly things, when we got saved, we should quit acting like the world now that we're Christians and act like Christians. And when Jesus left here, he knew that we needed some help because we were going to have battles through life. And so he tells his disciples, he says, uh, uh, that I'm going to leave, and he goes for everybody, I'm, or rather I'm going to leave and I'm going to send the comforter, and he'll lead you and guide you and direct you. Uh, uh, another place in the scriptures, it tells us that the spirit is subject to the prophet, meaning the spirit that you let loose in your life is subject to you. You're responsible for it. And so when I begin to look through the pages of Scripture, I realize there's people that today haven't been taught about the Holy Spirit and the depths of the Holy Spirit, and they are saved people. But, uh, uh, you know, in every, uh, every nation has a, an armed forces, and uh, they do battle with the enemy uh, and uh, likewise, in the Christian world, there are those that are citizens of the kingdom, but there are those that are really called to do battle, to be warriors for God. And, and I think Jesus knew what he was doing when he said uh, uh, that he's going to send the Holy Spirit and, and he would uh, lead you and guide you and direct you, you see. And so we need, and he sends him for power, for service. And power for service is more than the initial evidence of just speaking in tongues. However, that is very important to have the initial evidence in your life 
uh, that you speaking in tongues, but you need to move on from that area to the deeper depths than we have through the first uh, segment of first three. And uh, it's amazing to me as I look and study this, I find the, the Holy Ghost talking about the Holy Ghost or the fruit of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost uh, being being in three segments. And, and today we're going to try to finish up the one that deals with me and people around me. And I was, I was looking, I began to see it, that uh, some things, and I want to share them with you today, so just bear with me. I, I'm going to be a little slow today because I don't feel like jumping the aisles today, but I really feel the Spirit of the Lord in my spirit. And so, uh, as we begin to look at the message today, the fruit of the Spirit, the fifth manifestation of the filling of the Spirit. When you say, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, it ought to really shake the ground where you're thinking. Because you're saying, I'm filled with the Spirit of God. That I'm more than just a person claiming some words, or I'm more than somebody just asked God to forgive me uh, because I want a deeper depth in God uh, than I've been. And, and I've, when I'm filled, I'm filled. And so we talk about the fifth manifestation of the filling of the Holy Ghost, which is kindness. Kindness is more than words. I, I know someone that could kick you in the teeth today and walk up two hours later and say, I love you. Something's wrong with that picture. I've seen Christians that you met, meet them and you go to shake their hand, you don't know whether to stick your hand out to shake their hand or to duck. When we, when we get saved, we're supposed to be a new person, so we shouldn't act like we used to. But we need power beyond who we are for those times when we're attacked by the things around us and the world that we can supersede the natural person and begin to act like godly people. And, I, and to do that, I need a, something more than me to be able to do that. And so we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost and it's fullest. We need, we need the gift of the Spirit working within our lives because catch this. I can plant an apple tree here, a little tree, and there, you know, I don't expect it to have fruit on it the first few years. But there comes a time when it should reach maturity and when it reaches maturity, it should put on fruit, and the fruit being apples, not lemon. Excuse me. I had a bout with something yesterday, and the effects of it today is still trying to manifest itself in my flesh, but I rebuke that thing because I need to. I need to be about God's business this morning. And so you just pray for me. I, we're going to get there. You have to want to manifest this fruit. Nobody will ever have it forced on them. It's something you've got to want to do. You've got to want to grow up in God. You've got to want, get past, want to get past just being forgiven. 
You want to be, you got to want to become like Abraham was, a friend to God and, and do the things of God. And it requires something. It requires you to live a crucified life. I can't do it for you. Nobody else will do it for you. You have to want to crucify the things the flesh wants to do in order to do what you know you need to do in God he's called you to do. In other words, you've got to go past forgiveness and move on to a, a place with God where you can fellowship with God, leaning on him. And as you begin to do that, you begin to do something through, I believe it partly has to do with sanctification. Uh, God showed me things that's wrong in my life, and I get up every day working on those things and change them. And as we do, we begin to see these fruits manifest in our life, that we begin to, to walk and talk more like Jesus. You see, you have to, you have to get there in order to be. You gotta, if you're going to be a warrior uh, in the armed forces, you first got to go through boot camp. And you got to get trained on how to use the weapons that you've got to work with. And so if you're going to be a warrior for God, you've got to learn how to use the things that God gives you to use uh, to fight the enemy around you. And we're no match for him on our own. But when we begin to lean on him and, and, and let the man manifestation of the Holy Ghost beyond the initial evidence of him moving in, go on from there and begin to uh, let the Lord have room in your life to just lead and guide and direct and let these, these fruits just blossom up in your life. Long-suffering. We need to be long-suffering. Listen. Kindness is more than words. It's deeds and words in action. Long-suffering is needed for a person to be kind. If you haven't already manifested the fruit in your life of being long-suffering, you can never be kind to the person that treats you like you was nothing. I've got a friend of mine that lives in a place where somebody torments him. Every chance they get. And yet he keeps trying to be good to those folks. That's long suffering in his life. And the natural person not able to keep doing it. After a while, we want to go over and kick his tires. The practice of kindness. We need to practice kindness. In other words, you can't just say, well, Brother Ben, I'm a kind person, and, and I know I need to be kind, and I'm going to be kind. you got to practice it. Practicing kindness goes against the grain because you don't practice kindness on people that's kind to you. It's when you get a chance to be kind to somebody that hasn't treated you like a person. Ephesians 4 and 32 says, be kind one to another. It didn't say to some kind, to some people, but it just said, plain out said, be kind one to another. And that doesn't just imply that I be kind to my sister and my brother in the church here. But it means I be kind to people that I don't even agree with. It means I be kind to people that I don't even think like they think. both Christians and sinners alike. 
the personality of kindness. Colossians tells us this, love is patient and kind. Got to have patience to be kind. That is never jealous or envious, does not hold grudges. Oh, my goodness, there's an Irish preaching right there if we just let ourselves stay there. How many in here, don't raise your hand. How many in here has ever held a grudge for an hour or a week or a month or years? I got news for you. If you make it to heaven, and I doubt it if you hold grudges, but when you get to heaven, after not speaking to people for years, it would be something to sit across the street from them in your house, if you believe in houses, or across the hall from room to room, and look at that person through eternity. See, I don't think that's going to happen because there's not going to be any hard feelings in heaven. It's going to be happiness and joy, peace. And so that's what Ephesians tells us, or rather Colossians tells us, about being kind. We're going to have to be kind one to another. And you can't do it on your own. It takes praying sometimes, even though you may have the Holy Ghost. It still takes praying in order to, to accomplish what God's asking us to do. Jesus knew that we was going to run into some things, and he knew that we would need some help, and he's not going to be here in the person like he was with the disciples. So he sends us the Holy Ghost, and he's with every one of us all day long and a night too, and he's there to help us, and we just call on him, and that we need the Holy Ghost. Not just in the tongues, but in the full measure of him working in our life. And, and it, it shows up in this proof. Now, the proof of, the, of kindness. Brother Ben, what is proof of kindness? Therefore, it says in Colossians 3 and 12, as God's chosen people, holy, dear beloved, you might want to write this scripture down. Because some of you have had the idea that, well, all I got to do is come to an altar and ask God to come in my heart, and he's going to take care of everything as he wants it taken care of. I got news for you. This scripture, Colossians 3 and 12, proof of kindness. Therefore, as a God's shoulders son people, holy, dearly beloved, or dearly loved, clothe yourselves. I can't close Brother White. He's got to close himself. Here, go back again. Everything I've found just about in, in, in the Spirit in God runs parallel with how we do things in the flesh. When I get up in the morning, the wife don't close me. I don't have anybody come in and do that. I've got to do it myself. And so God says, clothe yourselves, meaning you don't... Have the preacher or the teacher or somebody else to clothe you in the gospel. You put it on. And the way you put it on is going to be whether it's right or wrong. And it's only going to be uh, uh, acceptable when it's right in God's eyes. And there won't be any excuses if we don't close ourselves. There's no excuses for us to go off the deep end and have a fit of carnality and claim that we are filled with the Holy Ghost. Because God says, my grace is sufficient. There have been times I wanted to go off the deep end. It would have felt so good, Sister Bonnie, to stomp my foot and kick the walls and, and, and no telling what else. 
Well, see, I looked in the scripture and I found out I was responsible how I acted before people. I could make the Lord look strong or weak by my actions. And, and I want to lift him up and, and make him look strong as he is. I want to lift him up and let people see that he's a loving God, that he changed a wretch like me. And so my choice was, and every day we have the choice to choose what we want to do and how we want to do it. And so I choose, I choose to do my best in God's grace to lift the Lord up in front of people. And that doesn't always allow me room to express my fleshly feelings. However, my fleshly feelings is not as important as lifting the Lord up. And so he says, close yourselves. And he gives us some instructions how to close ourselves. He says, with compassion, with kindness, with humility, and with gentleness, gentleness and with patience. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about we close ourselves with those things, and we can react to people around us, no matter how they come at us. We can react that to them in a way that the Lord will be pleased with us. I don't know about you, but I don't want people to look at me and have scratch their head and try to figure out if I'm any different than I was in the world or if the Lord's made any difference in my life. And I think when we begin to, to look at this through the Spirit, and we begin to look at it like mature people in the Lord, that we're at the place we've read some and we know some about the Lord. We've come past just coming to an altar because somebody told us if we come to the altar and ask him to forgive us, he would, and we joined the church and we become Christians. I don't think that's it. I think we need to realize that, that our souls hang in the balance according to how we live for the Lord. My daddy used to tell me, son, talk sheep. But the proof of what is, you've got it on is in the actions that you take. I can't tell you how many times the devil spoke to me yesterday and last night and this morning telling me I ought to call Brother White and tell him to preach for me this morning. But I just refuse. I refuse to bow down to something that God's called me to do. With God's help, I'll have the grace to do it. You may not get anything out of this, but I feel like God wanted me to speak to you this morning like this. Let's look at something another. We're talking about proof of kindness. Let's, let's just take it a step or two further. Let's look at a man's life in Genesis 15, 18 through 24. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get through this in a hurry. I may not even read it all. But it's talking about Joseph. If anybody had reason in their life to get mad, kick the walls, and talk about somebody, and carry a grudge and a hateful spirit, it would have been Joseph. He spent some years as a slave and in prison because of his brothers. But then we get down and we read this just a little bit. That's all I'm going to read. His brothers then came to him, verse 18 and threw themselves down before him, and they said, we're your slaves, they said. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I'm in a place of God. You indeed, let me back up here. You intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many souls. 
So then he says, don't be afraid. I'll provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spake kindly to them. Mm-mm-mm. Man, if you had put me in prison, uh, not knowing what I know now, and I'd have seen my brothers 10 years, three years, two months later after I was sold out, they, it would have been, it would have been, it wouldn't have been pretty to look at before I got to know Jesus. But Jesus makes a difference in your life. See, so as, as we begin to let the Holy Ghost lead us and guide us and direct, as we begin to act more and more like citizens of the kingdom than citizens of the world, and you can't do that on your own. You have to have him to lead you and guide you and help you. And I think uh, as we accomplish each one of them, this is just a side note I'm throwing in, there's some sanctification takes place there. God shows you that it's wrong. Uh, uh, the Holy Ghost shows you that it's not wrong as he's leading you and you work on it and, and you get it taken care of. You begin to manifest that fruit and it's seasoned. Jesus says in Luke 23 and 34 on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. In other words, they used the dice or whatever they had then to gamble for pieces of his clothes. But the point is, he said, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. We sometimes need to just stop and do that. Forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. And begin to pray good things upon them. Ask God to bless them. You say, Brother Ben, I couldn't do that. That was the Lord doing that. And you say, Joseph was in the old Bible, and, and he was a special person on a special mission for God to show us something. Well, what about Stephen? He forgave the religious leaders and the others who were stoning him. See, with God's help, we're able to accomplish things like that in our life. And certainly we could do it with we have power in our life, power more than me. And so I submit to you, the whole church needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But why, why doesn't people anymore want to be baptized like they used to? I remember when you had service, there was always somebody in the altar that was seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But we've come to a place in our world today that, that people sometimes don't even believe in the Holy Ghost. They don't want to act like we acted in the Holy Ghost. I've heard people say, well, I don't go down there. I want people to see me down there uh, crying and, and, and blowing my nose and, and speaking in a bunch of stuff I don't even know about and I don't think they know about. It's more than that. That's the initial evidence. That's the baby talk uh, when they're there. But, but when you be, begin to mature in God, you begin to grow up and you begin to put sentences together and you begin to uh, uh, be a, a more of a person that they can see and understand. But if we don't ever get past being a baby, we're not offering people much out here that's looking at us in the altar. We need the power of the Holy Ghost working our life, every one of us, because we need to discern and know what's going on around us. And see, as we begin to manifest these fruits, As we begin to manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life, people begin to see the difference in us. They begin to see that we don't react like we used to to certain things. They begin to see that, that uh, we do the things of what the Bible is saying people ought to do. 
They begin to see us in a place where we're more peaceful, we're more kind, and we're more generous, we're more giving, and we have more patience with people. People need to see us. The Bible calls us a light. Because you're the light of the world. But a light without any oil in the lamp is not good for anything. And so if we want to call ourselves a light and we don't want the Holy Ghost, we're saying we know more than God because he said we needed power, power beyond us. And so as we're talking today, we're talking about those things that reflect upon us how we act toward others. The sixth manifestation, and I want to say manifestation because that's what it is. When you can begin to act in these areas, you've matured enough to manifest this fruit in your life. I've watched little trees when they're planted. The first season, they don't put any fruit on. And then a season will come along, they'll put one or two or three pieces of fruit on. And you keep watering it. Before long, it grows a little bigger, a little more mature. And it's loaded with all this fruit. My little tree in the backyard this year is loaded so until the limbs are bending over. A few years ago, I wondered if it ever put on any fruit. And that's the way it is in the Lord. As we begin to mature in God, these fruits begin to manifest manifest themselves. And I think the big reason for that is, but for some people, and it works for some people that don't, because we sometimes, uh, like when I was seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I'd heard so much about tongues. Man, I I was just couldn't wait to hear tongues coming to my ears. But you don't have to seek tongues for initial evidence to being baptized. All you've got to do is seek to get closer and closer to the Lord. Every time you get up there, just begin to, to love the Lord and tell him how much you love him and begin to praise him and glorify him for what he's done and what he's doing and what he's going to do. Just lose yourself in the Lord, and one day you'll wind up having initial evidence in your life that he has moved in. But it's one thing to go visit somebody. Mom's glad for me to come and visit her. I hope to do it later on this year. I don't know if we'll or not. But I've got a little suitcase. I carry it in. Mom's bed, mom's cupboard, mom's kitchen, all that. I'm her guest. But she hadn't told me I could bring my furniture and my dog, and I might well stop right there because she wouldn't let my dog in the house. See, so. The, the thing I'm trying to say to you is when you invite the Holy Ghost to come into your house, you've got to give him reign. Give him reign of the house, the house he's living in. You've got to let him lead you and guide you. You've got to let him set up housekeeping. You've got to let him change the way you do things. Because you've got to give up being the leader of the house and be the follower in the house and follow the Holy Ghost. And he'll lead you and guide you and direct you into all truth. The sixth manifestation of the filling of the Spirit is goodness. Supernatural goodness. Psalms says in 1 and 20, Psalms says in 25 and 8, brother, the Lord is good. I'm going to stop right there. We could preach an hour on that. The Lord is good. He's never been bad. Have I been chastised by the Lord? Yes, more than once. But he's still good. 
He knows how to chastise his children. He knows how to love you. Now that I look back on it, Mama knew how to do that. I didn't think so at the time, but she did. Psalms 3 and 5 said, The earth is filled with the goodness of the Lord. All around us is the goodness of the Lord. The devil will try to show you all the bad things in people. He'll even try to use people to show you there's some bad people around you. But really, they're good people. It's just the devil's their guide. And all they know is what the devil's been teaching them. And the devil uses them to try to uh, upset your way of doing things. You see, the devil works with us uh, uh, much like somebody playing with chess. He tries to move us into a place where we make God look bad. And the Holy Spirit tries to tell you you need to move here. And then we get to choose which way we're going to go. And for me, I choose to lean on the Holy Ghost. Romans 2 and 4 says, it's, the good, it's God's goodness that leads people to repent. I'm not able to lead anybody to repent. But if I lean on the Holy Ghost, when God puts somebody before me, he'll give me words that the enemy can't get gainsay over, and God can get the glory out of it, and the church can grow and go on to what God wants us to be, a victorious church, winning soul for God, being a light to a world in darkness. But we have to quit acting like we were still in the world. See, we need to know who we are, that we're blood-bought, saved by grace, and we have the sweet Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us and direct every word from our mouth, and we'll just lean on him to do so. And I want you to know something. I found out I'm no match for the enemy, but the enemy is no match for the Spirit of God. Praise God. We can be victorious as long as we lean on him. Psalm tells us, you don't know about all this? In 34 and 8, it says, Here, here's an invitation I want to say to you, to taste and see that the Lord is good. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord, why don't you step out from where you are and come down to an altar and give your heart to the Lord? Taste him and see if what we're talking about is right. Taste him and see if the Lord is good. Find out for yourself if the Lord's good, if he'll do for you what we claim he's done for us. God's no respecter person. What he's done for me, he'll do for you. What he's done for Shannon, he'll do for you. What he's done for Jen, he'll do for you. What he's done for Brother White, he'll do for you. And many others in this room here, you see. But we have to do something. Everything in God is a partnership. God says, come and I will. Give your heart to me, I will forgive you. And you can be all you want to be in the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can go through life scratching your head at every situation and wondering how this is going to work out. Or you can go through life knowing that you're saved, knowing that you're walking in God, knowing that your experience is more than speaking in tongues, knowing that you know that you know that you're saved by the grace of God. You know who you are, and you'll know that God will react uh, for you on your side for the good. We can be winners. Praise the Lord. Now, all of that that I talked to you about today is the next three in fiddling with last week, patience, Kindness and goodness is how we're supposed to react with people around us, whether they're saved or unsaved. 
we're still not filled with the Spirit yet. We're over halfway, but we're not filled. And so the next time you say, I'm filled with the Spirit, you stop and ask yourself some of these things. Do I have this, this fruit in my life? Am I manifesting this fruit in my life? Because until you've come to places place that you can say that, that I manifest all these fruits in my life, I'm, I'm afraid to say that I'm filled with the Spirit. Filled with God's Spirit. Because I, I'm a mature, mature Christian. I'm not one of the worst. Become a mature Christian. And if I'm saying I'm filled, I should be walking and talking like I am. And as I've been filled with the fruit of the Spirit, when you're filled with the fruit of the Spirit, then the gifts will manifest in your life like they ought to. But how many times, and don't raise your hand, how many times have you heard somebody say that I'm filled with the Spirit? I like this one. They said, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Spirit, and on my way to glory. If you're filled with the Spirit, then how come you act like the world sometimes? I know we're not perfect and those things going, but we're supposed to strive to be like Jesus because we're supposed to be a witness to people. And when we're going to be a witness to people that we are, the people we say we are, filled with the Spirit, then we should act according to what the fruit of a mature person should be like in Christ Jesus. When you really fall in love with Jesus, you don't put Jesus on the outside, and if I got time, I'm going to go to church next Sunday. But, but I just remembered I can't make it because I promised to go to a ball game with so-and-so. It's only one of this season, and I can't miss it. No, you've just exalted the ball game above the Lord when you do that. Oh, I, 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 hit a, I struck a nerve, and I know I did. I, I could feel it all the way back over here. But it could be anything. When we really fall in love with somebody, we want to be around them. Am I right or wrong? Am I preaching all right, Brother White? Praise, praise the Lord. All right. I've already went my time. Uh, I, I, before I sit down, though, I, I want to change to say something, and then I'll move on. Got to say it while it's on my mind. Some people have asked me about being baptized, and we've got a baby that wants to be dedicated. The mother wants to be dedicate the baby. And so I'm going to give you a break. Uh, the third Sunday, or third, the last Sunday of this month, I've asked Brother White to minister that service, and he has agreed to. We're going to dedicate a baby, at least one baby, uh, and we're going, after that, we're going to uh, have a baptismal service. And, and he's going to state what the Lord puts on his heart, I don't know if it'll be one word or an hour, but we're coming to church to do that that Sunday and come and become expecting that Sunday. That's the last Sunday of this month. I will assist you and help you, brother, in the dedication, but you just consider yourself as a speaker that day. I appreciate that. So if I'm not through with this by then, you'll have a break. It's going to be great. We need, we need uh, uh, to be baptized. Jesus tells us to be baptized. And so... I want you to just think on the fruit of the Spirit this week because uh, I know, like me, you have seen people that, that, and the gifts worked, and sometimes it was right and sometimes it was wrong. I, I remember one time, and, and all honesty, I don't think nobody ever intends to do wrong. But if you're, if you're not as close to the Lord as you claim to be, sometimes 
and you will hear something inside of you, and you'll say things, and it's, it's just you. It's not the Lord. And when we speak about the things of the Lord, we need to be careful that what we're speaking about the Lord is about the Lord. As we finish this, I don't know, we might go over into the gifts of the Spirit of, of, and that, but I, I just I'm compelled in my heart to, to bring this teaching to you on the fruit of the Spirit. I believe it's very important. I believe we've, we've almost in this generation just kind of backed away from the baptism of the Holy Ghost because we really didn't see and understand what it was all about. And, and I'm, I want to try to bring that to you. Now, while they're getting ready to play something, if you're here this morning and you need prayer, I'd like to pray with you. I don't care what you have need of.